Welcome. I've been really looking forward to this conversation, how to break a trauma bond. Um, <clears throat> those of you who are jumping on Clubhouse, welcome. If this is the first time you've ever heard me, my name is Dr. Nima Romani, and I am trained as a chiropractor, retired uh, officially just this last year, but it's been the last seven, eight years I've been planning my escape and finally had the courage to not renew my license. That took a lot of that. So letting go of, of the old narrative, letting go of the old versions of me, it's, uh, it was difficult. But uh, back in the day when I was working full-time, <clears throat> I would notice patients coming in with stress-related problems that invariably had to do with their, uh, with, their health. I mean, their health-related issues coming in to see me neck pain, back pain, digestive issues, chronic issues, I would notice patterns that they were stress-related. And as I developed myself as a, as a practitioner, as a clinician, listening more, becoming more empathetic, becoming more engaged in the stories of my patients, I discovered that everybody coming in, most people with chronic issues, had some sort of a relationship uh, challenge. There was a breakdown in a relationship. There was, I didn't have the language for it at the time, but I knew I was like, why is it that everybody's not okay after a relationship breakdown? And now the word, the, the word that I'm going to introduce and I'm going to encourage everyone because language is very important. It shapes the way we view things. So it's carefully crafted language that's necessary to help us heal from our trauma. What I experienced, uh, what I was seeing was people at the effect of their attachment trauma, but I didn't have the tools to be able to help them with it. I just, you know, had some stuff that I learned from Tony Robbins and my mentors, John Martini, Byron Katie. I put together my own kind of, uh, tools to help people created these little workshops called life skills for a stressful world about 12, 13 years ago in my, in my office, slowly inviting patients to come and participate in those so that they can become active participants in their healing rather than just passive. Cause it wasn't inspiring for me to work with people who are just like, Hey doc, just fix it. Although that's fun to be able to adjust people and see miracles happen. I started getting more concerned about people with chronic issues. <clears throat> so I started seeing this correlation between health issues, stress issues, and relationship breakdowns. And if you are listening to this, you might relate. If you ever had a diagnosis of something, I usually ask this of, of audiences. I go, hey, whenever you think of when you had a diagnosis, irritable bowel, there was any type of digestive issue, hormonal issue, anxiety-related issue, chronic issue, and go back three to six months, what relational breakdown did you notice? And when I ask people that, they'll say, oh, <clears throat> I noticed that I did, uh, there was uh, grief. I was, I lost my, my partner. I lost my, my, uh, you know, a parent. Uh, so there was some sort of a breakup, a divorce. I just found out the really bad news of <clears throat> a good friend of my wife. He was just found dead in um in his in his place literally moments before this uh, we just found out so after this session is done my wife and i are going to go uh have a conversation and um just kind of help hold hold space for her for her grief and this gentleman just went through a divorce 
and had now started a very toxic relationship with someone. And uh, I could see it from the outside. He didn't ask for my help. I was just kind of like listening to the story, uh, biting my tongue. And I could see that it was a toxic, uh, a very toxic trauma bond. And so now he's no longer with us. So why, why I'm really inspired to speak about this is at the effect of my toxic trauma bond that almost and en- that ended a few years ago jen this is important for me to tell you i just told you this a few minutes ago i wanted to end my life as well and so this is a life and death issue i mean we see domestic violence cases going up we see infidelity we see push-pull dynamics we all want to have healthy relationships we get into the relationship for all the right reasons and within about six months once the attachment has been made something will happen that will trigger what we are what what, what i'd love for you to understand is a trauma bond and without really getting to the root of it, we keep repeating these patterns. And when I noticed this in my practice, I was teaching this, I was going through a divorce. And when I went through my divorce and several failed relationships after that, I had to look and I began really going into this work, digging into the attachment uh, theory, digging into polyvagal theory, shadow work, uh, inner child work and somatic healing because that was what it was missing for me. And I discovered I was in a trauma bond. And a trauma bond basically is a relationship that is highly volatile, that mimics relational dynamics from childhood with a parent. And they are so difficult. This is why you don't know if you should stay or go. This is why you keep choosing people that are harmful to you. This is why no matter all the evidence you see in front of you that is freaking blatant to all of your friends and everyone can see it and everyone's trying to tell you, but you just can't listen and you keep going back for more of the abuse and more of the invalidation and more. Why does that happen? And so I discovered I was in that and it was terrifying. And I found myself 43 years old alone. It was Christmas, no family, just me and a dog going, how do I solve this? How do I make sure this never happens again? And how do I make sure that I can do what I consider to be probably the most important skill that we never get taught is how to have a secure relationship. Instead of hoping and praying, my, my, my question was, can that be taught? Because I wasn't taught. And Jen, you probably relate to this. You probably weren't taught either how to have that. So without the modeling, without the training, then we are, we are prisoners. We are enslaved to repeating the exact patterns that we were raised in. And I just kept mimicking my relational, my relationship pattern that my parents had, which now I look and see it's a total codependent toxic push-pull dynamic and I see it now from the outside and I'm like I'm not going to have that and so I was able to go to the next level create that for myself and now I thought if I could help if I could help myself do this maybe we could help other people and so a couple years ago as my relationship kept developing we now have a son I met this really cool person named Jen um, at, at an event, we're both actually, uh, I was supporting my client named Alex J. Moscow. Alex was 
teaching people in my line of work how to run events. And Jen is also a colleague. She runs, she runs, she's a coach, an executive coach for uh, actors who really want to um, land gigs and, and expand their business. And, she te- and she's a genius at teaching people how to, how to uh, uh, expand, expose and expand their superpowers and to market themselves so that they can land roles. And she helps change lives and helps build careers. That's her superpower. And we met because uh, we became kind of, I, I joined Alex's group and I, you know, he was my client, but then I became his client and Jen and I just met and she started following me and she started DMing me a couple of years ago when her relationship was going through the push pull dynamic, wanting to get on a call with me and tell me her story. And I kept pushing her away. I kept pushing her away. And finally there was one moment where she's like, okay, I got to do something about this. And so I wanted to have, instead of me rambling on, uh, which you've heard enough of, I'm sure if you've been following my, my stuff, um, I wanted to have somebody who's a real life example so that I could, I could, I could, you know, first of all, I had to prove to myself, I was able to break that trauma bond, but can this be reproduced with other people with heterosexual couples with same sex couples with whatever. And it turns out we have a beautiful example of what a trauma bond was and how it, how it showed up and what Jen had to do to break it. So Jen, um, hopefully we are able to, uh, make the audio work here. Welcome. I want to say welcome to you. Thank you for being here to share your story. Dr. Nima, thank you so much. I would not be here if it were not for my work with you. Oh, Wonderful. Uh, it sounds should I mute like myself, myself on, on Zoom? Zoom? Hold, Hold on. on. Should I mute myself here? Are you able to hear me now? Uh, yes, Clubhouse? I can hear it. Yeah, that works. That'll work okay, better. Good. Absolutely. Is this That'll, okay? Yeah, All that right, totally awesome. works better. We have the audio, no All problem. So. Awesome. <clears throat> so I'm super Hi. grateful you're here. It takes a lot of courage, first of all. <clears throat> the first thing that I want to say uh, to anybody who's in this situation who can relate and is, is, is part of a really unhealthy, volatile dynamic in their relationship, wondering, should I stay or go? Is this even worth salvaging? Uh, why can't I get what I want from this? And they don't listen and they keep repeating the pattern and they keep repeating, uh, breaking my boundaries. And I just don't feel nourished in this. Uh, that if you are to break that, the first thing is courage, which is what you're demonstrating just by being here, Jen. Um, so thank you hundred percent for being here. Uh, can you share, um, what was going on in your life? Well, what do you want to share just based on what you just heard there first? Oh, well, I mean, (laughs) I just want (laughs) to, I mean, I want to be really transparent about what I just did and my role in this crazy two year, uh, trauma bond relationship. Um, there's no blame here. I want to take complete responsibility mm. from my side of the coin. And, you know, like when I first was in this, I was like, you know, she's horrible. She's doing all this and I'm this and I'm amazing. And, 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 and yes, yes. And, and I want to talk about, um, I actually wrote some notes down just because I just cool. wanted to be really laser. But, <clears throat> you know, when I was growing up, like love was not readily available. Like it was just not available. <coughs> um, my mother, you know, um, uh, wasn't really the healthiest, um, in terms of, you know, her own life and whatnot. Um, 
and she was at the effect of her own traumas. Let's she say she was at the effect of her own traumas. Um, um, mental il- mental illness. You lost your dad mental when illness, you were, yeah, like all of that. I mean, I lost my dad when I was four, and she was left um, with me, and uh, just like really, just like completely was a mess, and you know, just like had like all of her own stuff, and like you know, she had never really worked on it herself, so right. it was a complete and utter disaster. So. Had to raise you, had to raise you when, when she just lost her husband with a four-year-old, not knowing how to manage those emotions with all this grief she's carrying around. And that was, you know, that was your environment. That was my environment. And, you know, I mean, my mother had a childhood that was really, really intense and very upsetting and abusive. And, um, she hadn't really, uh, worked through it. Um, I think that, you know, she, did the best she could, obviously. But I mean, I was definitely at the effect of her trauma. Right. So what I want to share is that in order to procure love growing up, I had to overfunction, overgive, offer endless amounts of like support. Um, I had to be what she wanted. I had to perform. I had to overaccommodate. I had to people please. I was not allowed to have any boundaries. I had to endure a lot of hot and cold, a lot of volatility walk on eggshells. There was a lot of criticism. There was a lot of just like meanness. Um, there wasn't really, um, there wasn't really a lot of affirmation and support. And I felt like the general feeling was that I was being used. I was being used and exploited in order to meet her needs, like this endless vat of like emptiness on her side. So it was not a mutually loving dynamic. And so I was raised in a very narcissistic sort of atmosphere. There's a word for that, Jen. The word for this is called parentification. It's this, is that the parent, because of their emotional flashbacks going on and their inability to resolve whatever's coming up internally and regulate their nervous system, they regress to that of a child. And then unconsciously, I see little Jen who just lost her daddy, who went, you know, who had, was at the effect of her own loss. But then now with her only parent that's left to be safe, having to be in a position where she had to abandon her own needs and feel used. In other words, love is using the experience, the somatic experience of a little child is that love is, uh, you know, uh, to be used is to be loved. Take a, take a moment and just let that one sink in. And it's not even something you're consciously aware of. It's not even something that you can actually talk about. It's actually felt. And that sets the tone for every other relationship in your life of what you feel you're deserving of, doesn't it? Everything. Yeah. I mean, what, like what I experienced was that, you know, unless I was being useful or needed, you weren't I lovable. I was just, I was not lovable. I wasn't seen. I wasn't heard. I was dismissed. Yeah. I was disregarded. <laughs> I was pushed aside. I was a nuisance. So I just kind of was always overgiving and doing and accommodating. And I never had boundaries and I never mm. really knew what to do other than to basically just say, you know, like, I will give you the world. I will be, I will be whatever it is I have to be in order to get your love. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's how I was raised. That's, and then that's, I would, that's my, because that's yeah. what I'm worthy of. Exactly. And then I would get really resentful at some point. And then 
you know, when I would get resentful and be like, I'm going to grandma's, I'm leaving, screw this, you know, like I would like leave and then I would be love bombed. I would yes. be love bombs with like, I'm sorry, I yes. love you, you're my everything. Yes. And then it would go back into that cycle. cycle. With mom. Yeah. With mom. Okay. With mom. Now. And then there was never any empathy though for any of the cause and effect. <clears throat> it was like I was problematic. It was mm-hmm. me. I was too needy and all right. of this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now this is really valuable for you as a listener to hear because as you're listening, you're probably going to go back and notice patterns within yourself. And what I want you to know is whatever relation, because a a lot of times I remember when Jen was first reaching out to me, she had been stalking my work for the past, for a couple of years. She's on every Facebook live on every Facebook transmission. She would just watch it, watch it, watch it. And then she'd be like, can we get on a call? Cause I just want to tell you about my relationship. And inside I was like, no, cause I was working on my own boundaries. Cause I thought she was badass right away. And I was like, I want to help her. But then I knew that by sitting there, because, because I know this is what most people do in this situation. They find themselves in a trauma bonded situation, not being treated fairly, wanting to hop on a call and say, let me tell you what she's doing or what they're doing. And without going back into the context of where we came from, both of us, it's useless for us to just spit out our side of the story, because what's the whole point? What's the point if we're not going to go address it at the cause? And I was very careful because a lot of people do message me and they say, hey, can I tell you my story? Or they bring in their backstory and they're like, can you help me? And I'm like, no, I can't help you, but you can help yourself. And when you're looking for a rescuer, let me get on a call. I need the validation. I know that you're not really ready. But then there was one day where you were like, okay, okay. I got to do something after being on the sidelines for a while, lurking, listening, making sure that I'm not, you know, uh, some whatever. I know it's the Internet, so you got to worry about whatever. So what was going on in your life before exactly the time when you decided to work with me? What was the kicker that you were like, okay, I'm listening to the the podcast. I'm watching the videos. I'm on every every Facebook live. There's a moment where somebody says, okay, I'm ready to do it. What was going on when you, when that oh, happened? God. I hate that you just asked me that question because this is just so mortifying, but here we go. Right. Okay. All right. So <laughs> I don't know that I ever actually mentioned like what actually was like, okay, something has to change right now. Like, okay. but I'm, I'm about to tell you, like, Uh-oh. I don't know if I ever did. Oh boy. Okay. I'm so, sitting down. I'm ready. Um, uh, you should be sitting down and not have that in your mouth. Okay, great. Okay. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Basically, what ended up happening is about two weeks before I reached out to you, Mm -hmm. um, my ex and I had gotten into a very large fight where, you know, I was doing something for my business and I just felt really like unsupported. I mean, she was just really just checked out and like not, you know, like I like and like I said something like, hey, like I'm just not really feeling like, you know, like you're there for me, like, you know, like what happened, like why is this happening? And, you know, like she just like stormed out of the room. And was like, just like, I need space from you. And so I barged into our bedroom and I was just like, you know, I want to talk to you now. And she hit me. Ah, so it got, so it got violent. 
<clears throat> she hit me and I was like, what, uh, what, what, what just does happened? this happen? Like, this has never happened to me. Like, this is not even like a part of my story. What the hell? Like, so it got there level. and you were like, okay, yes. it's gotten out of hand. I have to do something about it. I was like, something is really wrong yeah. here. And I know that I'm a part of it a hundred percent, but it just got to the point where I barged into a room because I was so resentful and so fed up with like, just yeah. feeling so like disregarded that I was like, talk to me now, like a kid. Like, like yeah, you, you know. regret, yeah. And yeah. I got like clocked. <clears throat> wow, I am so <laughs> like, sorry, what? you know, that that's okay. not, you know, I'm so sorry that you went through that. It's, Thank this you. is not ever condoning that. It's no. just to show you that when there, there's a couple going on, there is a, you know, we then, don't have boundaries. We don't respect each other's boundaries. We regress to childhood. And like, right. what do you see when you see two children on a sandbox? You sometimes see them hitting one another and not to condone it. It just happens. And so we better, we're wise to talk about it because people are very, in nowadays, nowadays, people are really hesitant to talk. I want to be that yeah. voice where we can talk about it, not to lay blame not to condone, but to understand. And so that was what, so you're, what you're that saying is that was the moment where you were like, okay, I got to do something. I'm powerless. I, I just don't get it. I got to see where, where, what I need to do in order to transform. Well, so, that, yes. And I was like, I was just like, <clears throat> this is, this is absolutely ridiculous at this point. Like, I don't know what just happened. Yeah. I just got clocked. Like we've lost did control of it. Like, did yeah. I, like what? I mean, I went into the room, I didn't touch her, but what happened? It was so shocking yeah. that I was just like, okay. You experienced relational trauma that just took it, it to the insane. next level. And yeah. so that was last, that was early this, or this was around this time last year, actually. It was exactly one year ago. Oh my gosh. Almost exactly a year ago. Holy cow. Okay, great. So how would you describe your state in about oh my God. a few, in, in, in a few words? Like, how would you at describe time, it at that time when you reached out? I mean, I was panicked. I was like, I was then in the point where I was like, we're breaking up. I don't want to do this. Like, you need to leave the house. Like, you need to go away. I need to be at a hotel. Like, I don't feel safe. This isn't I'm safe. concerned. Yeah. This is not safe. I am not Okay. I don't know what's happening here. Like this is out of control. I need, I, I need to figure out why I'm still here Yeah. because this was a culmination. Yeah. Like this was not, I mean, this was me just being like resentful and upset and disregarded and dismissed. And then, and then it culminated in me be, and, and I'm like, I am clearly a big part of this and there's something happening inside of me. Like I like, not your fault, actually, but there's something going on. Fault. Yeah. No, no, no. Like I, I am, I am not responsible for her choice of doing that. Like right. I did not cause 100%. that a hundred percent. No. I mean, you know, like I barged in, I was like, I want to talk. Blah, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. That but doesn't justify I was that. Like, yeah. Something is definitely going on here that I'm still here, that I'm still here. And that it escalated to this level indicates that there is something inside of me that is like planted here that yeah. does not want to leave. That I have to tell you is very rare for somebody to come to this conclusion and say, all right, maybe I don't know how to figure that out. I was St stuck. I was literally stuck. Yeah. 
completely it quicksand. Fe- it quicksand. It felt like quicksand, desperate like that. And so why did you, I'm just curious. And so why did you decide? Because I get a lot of hate mail from people say, F you, F this, yeah. uh, you're a narcissist, you're this, that, like you're, you trigger me. And so I get a lot of hate for having these conversations and maybe my, I don't know what it is. It's my beard or I don't know. I look like Justin Timberlake meets uh, Mr. Bean. I don't know what it is. It's just, I, I piss people off. So what, what, how did you override that disgust to actually want to reach out and work with me? Because I knew that I was stuck in the matrix. I knew it. And I knew that you were Morpheus. Like I, I just knew it. Like, like I, I, I knew that I knew that I, I am a hundred percent responsible for anything in my life. I'm amazing in business. Like I run like a seven figure business. I'm a smart cookie. Like, and I'm just like, how am I so blind here? Like there is something so wrong here and I need to go all in on myself in the same way that I do with my business without any fear. And I need to figure out how, like, what is it inside of me that is unhealed that has literally stuck me to this person, like with crazy glue, because after this happened, Nima, Mm -hmm. I received the biggest love bomb of all time (laughs) from this person. And I was like, yay, it's going to be amazing. I'm going to work with Nima and it's going to be fixed and it's amazing. And so I dug my feet in because I was like, this person now said everything that I ever wanted to hear. Right. And now I'm going to dig in. And and this is the big, this is the big kind of uh, blind spot that a lot of people in your situation do. And I kind of call them out on it. I remember one guy, Joe, he's like, it went before we were on the call working with me. He's like, what if we do this? Will you save my, will you help me save my marriage? And then I look at him, I'm like, This is not about saving your marriage. You've been listening to the Trigger Proof Podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Becoming trigger proof doesn't mean trigger less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds anytime there's reactivity there's a wound and if you're curious and inspired to learn more join us at breathwork and badassery or the overview experience and a combination of both actually helps you do the work there's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. This is about getting you okay with you, regardless if they're here or not. So many people start the process of going into the inner work with the secret covert hope that this will help create a perfect relationship with this person. That was what I did. (laughs) Maybe, maybe then if I clear this shit, then we'll be happy. Right. Please. I, I, the reason why I'm, I'm calling this forward to anybody who can resonate with this is please, please, please 
if you're do if you're setting yourself up with that you're setting that as a context you're working against yourself you're self abandoning let the reason be <laughs> let it be for the sake of the, this is how you win if you want to win this game you let it be for the sake of connecting with yourself so that regardless if they're here or they're not that jen is good with jen that joe is good good with joe regardless that's the outcome. Even though many people don't, they kind of do it in the secret hopes that they'll get the other person. It's kind of like using your inner child as an agenda. It's being used, which is exactly what you, by the way, which is exactly how you felt from your mother. It's like she was using you to get stuff. When you start the process and the program to get a person, you're literally repeating the trauma bond. So we must, this is a huge distinction. You must start for the purpose, if you want the results, which is I'm good with me no matter what. That's the result. Right. That's how you have a secure relationship. You create one with yourself. You got to do it for that purpose. That's key. I'm so glad we brought this up. Ugh. And I also want to um, <laughs> out myself in like another way too, because I, sure. I, I also left out like a very big piece here, which is also mortifying, but here we are. So there was also lots of evidence along the way because I, I'm a very intuitive human being and for some reason, you know, it's like, I gaslit my shut off in that relationship. Oh my God. (laughs) You ignored it all. You ignored all of it. (laughs) My back, every part of me was telling me, warning, 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 you are being used. You are being exploited. There is something going on here. And to the effect that I went snooping, I went snooping in, I, and I'm, I'm admitting this in club, this is mortifying, but I think that this is so important though. Trauma like bond, classic level, trauma the bond. Le- the level of denial that I was in, I snooped multiple times Ooh. and I told her, I told her that I snooped multiple times and in my <clears> snooping, <throat> there was evidence, there was hard evidence that you were being that I used. Was being used that I was being, you know, that there were other, you know, other options, other things happening in case this didn't work Mm -hmm. out, you know, it's like, and then eventually, eventually what happened, but that didn't stop you. That didn't stop. That didn't didn't make you, you kept, you, you you had all the hard, you had hard evidence, evidence. you had scientific proof. Yeah. It's science, scientific proof. You had science and you ignored it. (laughs) I had science that, you know, because of this trauma bond before my ex moved in with me, she had cast a spell to draw in someone else. Right. And you knew about but that. I, which I found out later. But still. It didn't stop like, you. Holy, it didn't stop me. None of this. And I brought it up. I brought it up and I was gaslit into mm-hmm. this person's narrative. And I bought it. Yes. I bought it because I couldn't, I just couldn't bear the fact yeah. that this person is actively being duplicitous with me and it's right in front of me and I could not like even there hard evidence I still couldn't leave and that was the biological need that I had to get this person to love me yes this is a very very important point that I want I really would love everybody to to really get is that rationally we all know what's good for us and what we shouldn't do right rationally but to think that that our relationships are based on rational choices is a delusion because once attachment is made you are now bonded by trauma where your your nervous system goes into what's called a primal panic and now you are trying to use the other person 
to get complete with what's incomplete unconsciously. And this is a game that's happening unconsciously. It was really mortifying for me when I realized I was doing the same thing. And so the courage you have to share this with vulnerably is, is so important because if we don't, we will continue to perpetuate the cycle because of shame. Because it's shameful to heal. What's we, even crazy, yeah. To heal, we must override that shame and, in, and integrate it. What's crazy is, crazy is what, hun? What's even crazy, though, is that like when I saw <laughs> this on multiple occasions, I just started giving more. I just mm. started investing more. I started just you know, like, like when you were wealth, just like when you were wealth, younger, like yeah. using my support, my wealth, my resources, my unending compassion, and like mm. what, you know, all I like, I just upped my game. In order to make it not so. Maybe like, I'll, maybe <laughs> I should, I should keep giving more to yes. be more yeah. lovable. Maybe I'm going to win her love. Maybe I'm going to earn it by spending more and do, and this is yeah. so yeah. common. So yeah. what, so what made you, so you're there, you're yeah. seeing my stuff, but what made you, I mean, work with me specifically? What was it about that? Because you had tried, you were, yeah. you were doing couples counseling. We were doing couples counseling. I basically was like, okay, something's not working and it's all content. Like it's all surface. And I knew that you would be the one to wake me the F up. Like I, and I even said to you, I said, I want to work with you one-on-one. -on -one. I don't want the group shit. I want you one-on-one. -on -one. I'll do the group shit, but I want you one-on-one. -on -one. Like I want, like, I want you to beat the crap out of me one-on-one -on -one in a loving way. Like I want you to wake me up. I careful, want to careful with your use of term, yeah. <laughs> with your I'm language. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I apologize if I triggered It's anyone. all good. It's I'm all sorry. good. So it's all in fun I, and playful. Just, just I'm call so him. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. I want you to hold up a mirror. Like I want the hard <clears> truth. Like yeah. I want to know, like I want to wake up because everything else I was doing, Nima was so on the surface. It's like, you know, like I was, like I was using a Band-Aid on like on a like on a wound th that was gaping. I had a yeah, gaping wound. That's a good analogy. And I was doing everything on the surface that was right, but it was still festering. So I needed someone to excavate the wound. And I knew that you would be the one who could help me. Like I just I, I instinctively knew that mm. if I worked with you and, and that if if I did the work, if I got into my body, if I got into the feelings, if I went underneath all the surface stuff that you would be the one to help me. Beautiful. Amazing. And I'm so glad that you did because I'm blown away by how coachable you were. And you said it like this work is difficult working with people's traumas because sometimes you're at the effect of them. And you, and when you're at the effect of your trauma, feedback feels like an attack, but you were very open with feedback People want, they say they want the truth, but the truth really hurts. And what I'm committed to is helping people get to the truth. And I'm willing to become whoever I need to be to help you get there. And uh, sometimes that's just like uh, telling you some uncomfortable truths that I intuitively, uh, you know, feel and, and yeah. let you know. But I just wanted to acknowledge how very coachable you were. So it made me feel because of your coachability, because you're a coach as well, and you knew that I had your back. It made it more fun for me and safer for me to be able to say, mm, I'm detecting a little bullshit there. Can you yeah. look again? Because you would tell me your story. And then I'd be like, mm, can I tell you what I'm seeing here? I'm feeling. And then you were like, tell me. 
And so you were so, even the blind spots, which are painful, but you were like, yeah, give it to me straight. So <laughs> what, what was, what I'm curious about is what happened during the time that we've been working together? Uh, what was your, I mean, you've been sharing all of your breakthroughs and epiphanies. Like yes. this is your story is all from it. these breakthroughs and epiphanies. But if you could kind of nail it down to one or two, what was your big breakthrough that, that you realized that really changed everything for you? It was what you told me, which is you said to me, and I think it has to be my my next tattoo. <laughs> I started, I started to base everything on. I am willing to be the only one who sees me, hears me, and loves me. And it is from that place, that agonizing place where I never, I've never learned any of this growing up, that I had to say, no, I don't want to have another baby. No, I don't want to be treated this way. No, I'm done. And and then finally, just no in general, know, like you didn't no, know how to say that. Say <laughs> Couldn't no. even say that. Yeah, I had to say no. And as a result, you know, like there was cheating, there was lying, there was deception, there was just plain mean, cruel behavior. But I stood for myself in a way that nobody ever has. And in and you never that, did. And you never did. I've never been able to do this before. And in this, it like broke apart, like two, I can't explain it. And like the pain that I've had to go through, it's interesting because, you know, I, re I realized actually like what, what exactly is that pain? And it's really not about my ex. It goes way deeper. And it is the, it is the primal attachment hunger, if I may, that like, yeah. you know, a terrified child who literally is like, there's no one here to take care of me. Who's going to love me? Who's going to see me? It is that little being who so desperately has been holding on to a substitute person for dear life because my life as a child depended on having this person love me. So literally in my body, I have had to sit with that. I have had to sit with that and hold myself and shake and cry while I let this toxic relationship go. It's like an exorcism. It's an it exorcism. It feels like an it exorcism. Is so it is, Nima, it is the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my whole life. I know. And because I understand I why I never wanted to do it. <laughs> I know because I went through it too. And now I understand why nine out of 10 people who reach out to go towards this back away. Because there's this deep desire on one part for us to heal and this yeah. terrifying fear of actually dealing with the real cause. People start to panic when they discover that this isn't just kind of like a talk therapy session. This is actually exercising the shadows, the demons that have been running us at, at, at the, in the driver's seat of all of our relationships. And it just takes a person who has courage, who's courageous enough to actually stop the blame game for a fucking minute and just go in and see what it's really about. So what happened after that? I mean, you're still, I mean, it's been a year and you're, you're, you're yeah. obviously healing is a lifetime yeah. endeavor and, and yeah. we're just kind of like incremental progress. Healing is, is learning and you're still learning as I am. We're all a work in progress, yeah. but what's happened after that and what's now, what were you able to do? after that and what's going on in your life right now? Well, I mean, we broke up um, a few months ago and then like there was still a little bit of a tie with something. And then that ended last week and I was able to like be face to face with this person and just be really 
just kind of quiet and not reactive and nothing and just hold up a mirror, hold up a mirror, hold up a mirror, hold it. And I've never been able to do that before. To end it calmly. I, calmly and to not react and to just be like, no. Like I was Neo in the Matrix, just holding my hand up to the bullets. Stopping the bullets. No, I stopped the bullets. Like I didn't have to dodge them. I just stopped the bullets. And what was it like before when relationships would end, before you did this work? There was always some chaotic endings. To be honest. Mine involved the police, so I bet you I have yours beat. But um, what was was your end of of your relationships like? uh, Usually drugs. Like I I would turn to drugs. or I would just disassociate. I would go out and like, I would immediately date someone else. I would yes. be totally insane and like totally dysregulated. Drowning um, your sorrows with other people. Oh my God. Other people, places, things, drugs, you name it. I was like anything and everything to not avoid. I was never to blame. I had never any fault. I picked the wrong people. I was perfectly innocent. They're the narcissist. And you're the innocent, they're the blameless. I'm innocent. Exactly. Amazing. So yeah. this is a huge step in the dance, change in the step in this familiar dance oh of, 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 yeah. of, of allowing, not gaslighting your own pain, really acknowledging no. it, but then taking responsibility, not blame. That's taking, respo- taking that's responsibility healing. and also being single on purpose, right. which I've also never done. I've never done this. I I've didn't either. <laughs> it's like you're going, it's like you're a couple of years behind my exact steps. So what's also, next for you is yeah. pretty beautiful. I'm just going to say. Also, that's why I hired you. That's why I hired you is because I looked at you and I was like, we're very similar. Like I was like, I need to work with somebody who's just like me in many ways, because you know what? Like you and I have a lot of the same stuff, like in certain ways. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to, I want to learn the art of secure attachment via a person who's a lot like me, who has done it. Like I need somebody who has done it, who's been through it, who can lead me because like, I don't just want to follow anyone. Like I, I, I need to be led by somebody who has done it. Who's and doing like, it. It's a work in progress. Who's doing it. Right. Right. <laughs> like I wish I could say it is a finish line through every conflict that Diana and I have, we keep right. growing deeper in intimacy. And so right. I'm, I'm a student of this just as much as anyone, but thank right. you. That, that really means a lot. Um, uh, because I really, it was, it was that, that hopeless feeling of why is it that I can get everything right in my life, but I just can't seem to get relationships because I have all the other things, but it's not really, it's not really enjoyable without secure relationships that feel safe. And so all of my relationships changed from doing this. It wasn't about that, which was my next question is, what do you think your biggest win has been uh, in the time that we've worked together? Oh my God. I mean, because I've become more conscious, like every area of my life has improved. Like my business has blown up exponentially. My health has improved. I've been working out nonstop for like a year now. I've, I've never looked better. I've never yeah. Felt better. I was just going to, just before the call I saw, I was like, I love your skin. It looks fabulous. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I've never felt better. Like my body is better. My, my mind is, I mean, it's this tough. work. Yeah. Like it's look, I mean, I know that like, as time goes on, like, I know I'm going to meet someone amazing. I know I will. And I know that like, you know, everything's going to get better. And with my son, I'm so much more present because mm. I was totally like, I was, I was like, Oh my God, I'm being, I was, well, I was being narcissistic. Like I was like, I'm such a little narcissist with my son because I was so obsessed 
yeah, about you, all the stuff in my own life. You were a codependent. Most of the time, yes. a mother who's codependently attached to a relationship uh, often becomes the narcissistic mother to a child that wants to be seen, but the mother is so engaged and uh, yeah. kind of in the storm of the relationship that she can't yeah. really connect emotionally. And so this is how the cycle keeps continuing. And mm-hmm. so this is big. That was another reason why I was really happy to work with, with you because now I'm really, we're really careful with who we really want to see taking on this work is usually people who are leaders, um, our, our leaders are wanting to, uh, make an impact in their communities. I'm wondering if anyone in your community, your friends have noticed shifts within you as far oh. as your relationships with them as well. Um, I would say yes. Like all of my friends, um, have commented that like, I'm a lot more present. Um, a lot of my clients also have noticed that like, I'm showing up really differently now. You know, Beautiful. I mean, I'm not as much a narcissist in my business as I used to be. I was, Tyrant. I was so, <laughs> yeah, I was well, so inflated. Well, the thing, so the, the thing is, is that when our nervous systems are dysregulated and we go into sympathetic fight or flight stress chemical survival, um, we're not at our best in any relationship. So this... This is a relationship with us. This this training is about a relationship with you and your nervous system, which translates into every area of your life, including creativity, sexuality, parenting, you name it. Um, so how do you feel right now after going through this, th- th- this very tumultuous 2021? <laughs> um, and I this new good. year? I mean, I feel real. I honestly, like, I've never really felt this, like, in the past, but, like, I feel like this is going to be my year. Like, I feel like... I'm going to manifest a secure relationship. I feel hopeful. I feel calm. I feel okay in my own body now. Like I've never really felt okay in my own body before. Considering that you went through a break, you just went through a really bad breakup and you're actually help. Like imagine that this is a possibility that I want to instill in everyone who's listening that the relationship does the breakdown of the relationship can go really one of two ways. Can't it? Just about an hour ago, I found out the news of a dear friend who went the opposite way and he's no longer with us after a divorce and a toxic follow-up relationship because he didn't do his healing work. Yeah. And, and, and versus going through a breakup that's really difficult, breaking a trauma bond that is physiologically painful. It's actually a physical pain because of the grief is not about the other person. It's about your five-year-old self. It's about your mother. It's about your father. It's like, that's why it's so painful and people resist doing the healing work. But to go to go to the other side and actually feel healthier more okay, okay with your aloneness, hopeful for the future, more committed than ever into your business, better as a parent, healthier in your body, more agile. Like it's not, it, that, that didn't happen effortlessly. It didn't happen without, <laughs> I love your face. Yeah, it didn't happen without a, a, a fuck ton of, of work. Yeah, what did you want to share? I, I mean, I want to say this, like, I mean, I am, uh, I will give myself a lot of credit for this. I am the world's best implementer. I will mm-hmm. say like I was, I mean, I said to you, I said, I will be on every single Facebook live transmission that you make. I will be in every single call. I will watch everything twice. I will take <clears> them. <throat> I literally, I dove You're into a nerd. working with Nima. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a nerd. I dove into working with Nima. Like my life depended on it because yeah. it did. Because it does. 
It, it does. does. It's your nervous system. It's your relationship yeah. with you. you. Our life depends on our relationship with us. So yeah. somebody who's listening in on this or watching, um, what would you say to anyone who's who's been kind of lurking on the sidelines, not really sure, not trusting in themselves? Uh, what would you say to them and who would benefit the most from this this depth of work? I would say, knock, knock, Neo, follow the white rabbit. <laughs> okay. No. I, I, I would love say, Matrix references, by the way. I love the Matrix. I would say that if you are stuck and if you feel like you're hopeless, it, it makes absolute sense why you would feel that way. Mm-hmm. Because to crawl through miles of sewage, as you like to say, Nima. Shawshank Redemption you know, reference. We, Shawshank we love, Redemption. We love movie references you know, here. Miles of sewage. You know, it is it is a terrifying experience. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. However. What was the hardest part of it? Don't. Yeah, oh I'm just God. jumping in. Wait. I, I oh, want yeah, you to yeah, finish yeah. that sentence, but I'm just yeah. curious. Just so that everybody knows it's yeah. not easy, but what was the hardest part of yeah. the work? Um, The hardest part of the work was the withdrawal the withdrawal of like, of the trauma bond. And Mm. again, it is the entire reason why we get stuck in the repetition compulsion of finding the next person and next, because Mm. it is a physiological, physically painful, (laughs) mentally, emotionally horrendous experience to go through. However, (laughs) however, what I learned, and this is what you taught me and no counselor, no therapist, nobody has ever moved this needle for me. And so, so, this is about you and our work together, Neem. I'm serious. Is that once you can experience these feelings in the body and once you can do it with a guide like Nima and in a group, you know, the feelings just want to be felt. It's energy. It moves. Yeah. But you have to be willing to sit with it. Right. And you have to just be willing to just be like, okay, I'm just going to ride out this freaking hurricane. I'm just going to be with it. Mm-hmm. But like, you know you don't want to be with it because it's, it's very scary, but I, but I can promise everybody who's listening to this, I can promise you it will end and it will move. You just have to be willing to do it and you can't do it by yourself. Yeah. You can't do it by yourself and you shouldn't do it by yourself and you can't do it. A book, a podcast, a YouTube video, a Facebook live transmission. You need a guide. You need a community. You need all of this by your side because, look, I am a very successful human being. I couldn't touch this by myself. I couldn't touch this, you know, just being like, I'm going to read a book about attachment theory. Yes, I totally get why I'm so effed up. I get it. Nothing ever moved until I did the work with Nima and and his group. In my own personal experience, I mean, I was able to I was able to do in a year what I have been trying for 20 years in Mm. therapy. Amazing. So thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you so yeah. much. Uh, I, I'm blown away that my, my last question uh, was for those who love to just kind of hide out doing their own kind of um, reading books and maybe I'll watch YouTube videos. Why community? Because that was one of the things you oh were resistant to. I that was one it. of the things you were like, <laughs> I, I, you know, it's funny because uh, we talk about shame. We talk about avoidance. Uh, yeah. And when we started, you were like, look, let me just fix me. Let me just fix it. Just one-on-one private with you. And I was like, uh, 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 show up on the call. Can you, t- can you share what that distinction yeah. was? Well, I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm someone who, you know, look, I'm an only child. I'm like, I'm a special snowflake. I don't <laughs> want to go to the calls. Like, yeah. I, you know, like I'm I special, special treatment. Exactly. But Beautiful. what happened for me 
you know, against my will, you know, is that, you know, being in a community where I could be vulnerable and expose these parts of myself and my story is what healed my shame. It healed the shame because wanting to be one-on-one and being in secret is still me. It promotes the shame. shame. Yeah. It promotes the shame. You can't heal it in isolation. You can't heal the shame in isolation. And and that, that is where co-regulation comes in when we talk about our nervousness. And the cool part is I guarantee you, I got goosebumps thinking about this, but anybody who's listening and they're all on clubhouse, they're, you know, a lot of lurkers just watch and listen and they don't participate. They don't come to any of our events. They don't do just by listening and hearing you. They, I know for a fact, and I want to invite anyone up on stage to come up and and share something and ask questions. Please just go ahead and raise your hand. Um, Anybody who's listening to this will definitely feel triggered in a good way. The trigger basically means, you know, there is a truth in there that really wants to get out. Are you going to silence and repress it? Or are you going to follow the white rabbit and actually do the work that you're here to do? Uh, She's got to follow the white rabbit tattoo. Do the work that you're here to do, which is to liberate yourself from the slavery of these complexes that Jen shared that came from childhood that had no fault, that was no fault of your own. There was, no, there was no chance of that little four-year-old girl to show up any other way than a toxic trauma bond. And I'm willing to bet there is a large majority of people, majority, who are getting in married, getting in relationships. Like, I'm shocked at how low the divorce rate is after doing this work. I'm like, wow, how low it is. Because it really should be higher when these unconscious stories are happening in the background and we don't know. And it, it, I'm so grateful for my, my, my rock bottom that I hit and yours as well, but mine specifically that had me wake up to go, Oh, there was stories happening in my body and it's time to find the right guidance, the right training to actually release it and make it a part of my reality. So the work doesn't really end. Does it Jen? It doesn't, no. it actually isn't something where you can go, Oh, we did a three-month program, a six-week program. It doesn't end. It's actually about like Kung Fu. It's like red belt, black belt. It's it's more kind of like a belt system. And Well, it's like life too, right? Like it's like, I mean, I, like, I've been working with you nine months, mm-hmm. one-on-one, like mm-hmm. it'll be. And so in nine months, I've given birth to, you know, a new me in a, a certain you. sense. But now it's, I'm growing up. Now I have to be yes. a toddler. Now I have to be a kid. <laughs> yeah. Now I have to learn how to have a secure relationship. Because again, the issues <clears> now, when I start dating again, I'm going to have a whole new set of problems. I'm going to have a whole new, Bingo. I'm not going to perform. I'm not going to use my wealth. Yeah. I'm not going to be manipulative. I'm not yeah. going to be a people pleaser. I got to deal with my own. It's like, who now. am I? Who am I without all these familiar roles? I don't even know how Correct. to be right now. I got to relearn this whole thing. So yeah, yeah it's learn. about recontextualizing what a relationship actually yeah. is and creating a whole new identity. This is really what it is to break free from trauma bond, to break free from codependency. You can't do it in the same identity of the pleaser, of the black sheep, of the whatever role that you played can't happen. So um, you got to be willing. This isn't just kind of like talk it through. This is shift the context in your body. 
And when you do, you break the cycle. And so I'm so proud to have you as a cycle breaker with us. Your impact is massive in your community and the world. And just by you sharing the story and helping me uh, let people know that it's possible, even though the experts say it's not, that you can learn how to have boundaries. You can learn how to say no. You can learn to, 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 to become the advocate for yourself. If you don't do it, nobody else will. You can't, you can't skip out on the work of being that for yourself and then hope that you're going to find someone who can be your advocate for you. It just doesn't work that way. It just does not work that way. That's codependency and you got to break that cycle. So I'd love to invite anybody uh, who's listening, who feels touched, moved, inspired, questions. Uh, go ahead and put your hand up. Uh, who has a question? I'd love to hear it. And Jen is very open to. Love it. Ask me she's anything. very open. Like, wow. <laughs> and even if you just want to get up and, and just give Jen some love for actually Aww. being so brave. I want to give you just mad love. I can't wait to see you again in person one day. Um, okay. But I'd love to have somebody jump up and ask a question. And uh, if you have a question, it seems like nobody does. That's okay. I yeah, do you have something you want to add? Oh, somebody has one here. Okay, oh. let me just invite a couple people. Oh, okay. they're coming up. Yay. Yay, come on up. Hold on one here. There we go. Go for it. Welcome, okay. Teresa. Teresa, yes. Hello. Good. Hi, I Teresa. Right. Hi. So I just wanted to say that um, I've been through a lot of years of talk therapy yep. and just, it, it wasn't cutting it. And I thought there had to be something else. So it's been like 15 years of trying mm. to deal with these, what they call generational curses. Yeah. That's what it is. And um, stumbled across you, Dr. Nima on a YouTube video mm. and thought, this is it. <laughs> this might actually be, the thing, because I have no problem taking full accountability mm -hmm. for the crap that I've gotten myself into over the last 45 years of my right. life. Yeah. But to then hear Jen's story tonight and see those parallels and somebody who's actually doing the work, yeah, finding the healing, mm. that is so inspirational. And I am joining the Breathwork and Badassery on Saturday. Yay! That's a great so start. So I'm really excited to see... Yeah. And people, people, I just, what I want to warn you, Teresa, thank you for sharing yeah. that. What I want to warn you, people message me. I'm like, I want to join Breathwork, but will it work for me? This is what well, people always to. say. Something has to work. I'm like, well, it's kind of like starting CrossFit, you know, does it work? Yes, it does. But it's not going to happen over a weekend. It will probably get an insight. You'll get an insight about yourself that you'll use to follow the white rabbit as we do the matrix yeah. references and go further <laughs> down the rabbit hole and start to heal and develop a relationship with yourself. So this relationship with, with Jen that she's been building with herself, she's been building it for a while. So since we started working together back in January, February of last year, um, it's taken time for her nerves to then uh, add new connections in her neuroplasticity so that she can then trust herself. I she can, can say no. That. 
She can own her power. And so be willing to be, be willing to go on the journey, Teresa. So, so it's, it's terrifying, but yes. it has to be done because I yeah. have five children oh, that, wow. can't, that can't yeah. continue in the same cycle. How old are they? Children. How old okay, are they? So my children are um, almost 26. Okay. 21, 20. Yeah. 15 and five. Wow. Okay. So this is important, my dear. So this is extremely important to me and it's extremely important because I need to be able to teach them too. Yes. And uh, And show them how to, how to take care of themselves. Yeah. How to take care of themselves and how to not follow these patterns that I've been in my, my whole life, not knowing any better. So if I I can know better, Totally. I'm just going to jump. Jen, have you noticed your, what have you noticed changing in your parenting style since you took, (laughs) since you took on this work? What have you noticed? Every single one of our students says the same thing about their parenting. (laughs) What did you notice happened to your parenting? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll just be honest is I, uh, I mean, I think prior to this work, I was really, oh God, I can't even say it, but all right, I'm going to say it. I think prior to this work, I was really guilty of seeing my son as like an extension of me a little bit, Mm. kind of like how my mother Mm -hmm. did with me. But now I have empathy. I see him as a separate person. I'm also able to regulate him and to be calmer with him and to offer empathy and to talk him through stuff because I'm not as triggered by him. Beautiful. (laughs) And that's how you break the cycle right there, Teresa. That's awesome. So I really look forward yeah. to guiding you on Saturday. Oh, man, um, and I'm if, so <laughs> if anybody else feels inspired there, the link is on my bio on Instagram and just jump in and join us on Saturday. That's where you begin. After Saturday's done, there's an opportunity after your, uh, after what you've experienced, you want to take good notes of what you saw, what you experienced so that afterwards, if you decide you're ready to apply to, to go deep with this, mm-hmm. you now have information of what you need to work on. There's more clarity. So then when you have clarity, now we can help hold you accountable on the path rather than just be kind of like, um, you know, going to a therapist saying, Hey, tell me your story every week. It's different because we're like, okay, what are the outcomes that we're kind of guiding you into? It's not. So that's where my frustration with therapy was, is I can tell my story 600 times. That's not what's important. Yeah. What's important. Yes. It's important for me to have my story understood and okay. What now? How do I, how do I go deeper? What are the, exactly. So we, we love holding space for your story and we're, we're about helping you uh, transcend it because soon as you're able to drop into sensation and release the, the trauma underneath the story, the story dissolves. It's just automatic. It's really cool. Teresa, I can't wait to guide you on Saturday. I'm like, I get it really super stoked. I, I, scared, I can't, I can't, excited. yeah, I can't sleep at night before that, before the, these overview event, uh, these breathwork and overview events. But, um, I, I always leave there feeling so inspired by the courage because you can't do it without courage. Everybody who does it are, are is courageous. You cannot heal from trauma bonds without courage. Courage is the secret ingredient that is, incur- that is a requirement. 
It's kind of like when I was a chiropractor and patients would come in and they had extreme back pain or whatever, and their muscles were really tight. They would lie down on the table and I would touch them in that area and they would be, they would tense up and say, oh no, 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 don't, 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 please don't touch me there. And I'm like, but in order for us to heal that, you have to let me touch you there. So they have to have this conversation with themselves, kind of like what you're having, which is, Do I really want to experience that pain? Am I willing to go into it and r- surrender to it so that I can be free of it? It's This works very much the same way. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So just walk with your fear. I'm willing to do it scared. I'm willing to be scared. That's it. I have to do it scared because I don't have any, any other way to do it right now. Beautiful, Teresa. I can't wait to, to, to guide you Saturday, my dear. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Beautiful. We have uh, Allie and then Wendelin. Allie, welcome. Hi, Dr. Nima. Welcome back. Hi. Thank you, Jen, Hello. for sharing your story. Just so raw and vulnerable, and I'm sure you know some of us can relate to it. And I appreciate that. Um, this, I'm curious about the group on Saturday. So I go to your link in your bio, mm-hmm. and then I'm also wondering about the group you were talking about because I know community is, is yeah. big, and I, I, well, I'm the, alone here. The, yeah, exactly. The breathwork and badassery event is my community event. It's just oh, okay. I open it up to the public. Right. So people, this is basically for my students and and clients and everything like that. But what I do for these events is I open it to the public who are not yet a part of our community as kind of like dipping your toe in. You're like, how is this? Well, it's sharing. We'd love for you to share whatever your experience was. And it's a really neat container when you're done. And if you felt this was safe, you didn't mind me, you weren't so disgusted by me as your guide, you might then want to apply to be part of the community. So then we right. go through an application process, but that's done right afterwards. My suggestion is just join us and, and experience it. And then you'll have an opportunity afterwards if you want to be part of it. And these are like the regular trainings. Like it's not just once a month we do breath work. We do twice a week group trainings on nervous system regulation. And we have conversations. There's a Facebook community. There's events. There's accountability. You have a one-on-one coach. Like it's 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 a combination of one-to-one home session, home group stuff. There's somatic yoga there's somatic experiencing yoga that we do as well. We have Eilina, who's our instructor. Um, it would just completely expand what you offer as a, as a creator yourself. And so it's, it's a mix and match of cognitive, somatic, group, one-on-one, and individual. It's all of the above mm-hmm. because that's the only way. We got to attack it from all yeah. angles and not leave anything out. So it's a body-based and cognitive-based training. But you get to experience a little bit of it on Saturday. Yeah, that sounds perfect. Thank you so much. You bet, my dear. Bye-bye. Bye. Wendelin. You're back. Wendelin. I'm back. You're back. It's <laughs> nice to see you. Um that's so sweet. I appreciate you saying that. I um, have sort of a question wrapped up in a comment, and then I have a practical question that I think you probably just answered, but just to get some clarification. You bet. So first of all, Jen, just thank you so much for um, sharing your story. I um, don't have the same um, childhood trauma bonds, but certainly could relate to the way you thought through the process of working through, um, you know, getting to this work with Dr. Nima. And so I just really appreciate you um, sharing that. And I was, my question is really is if you could talk a little bit more about 
the things you said around shame, because when you started talking about that, it really kind of um, triggered me or as Dr. Nima likes to say, resonated with me. <laughs> Triggered or resonated, <laughs> pissed me off. Same thing. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering if you know that, that might be a topic I need to explore more with myself and hope that maybe you would have a moment to say more about that. And then my practical question is, Dr. Nima, so the breath work is kind of something you do regularly in the program. I mean, I ask that because is, is breath work how we heal these traumas? Because I've attended one breath work session, which mm -hmm. I found amazing. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I should just attend another one or just jump in and do the program or I'm I trying would, to understand. I would, I would, um, yeah, I mean, it's up to you. It depends on your commitment level. Breath work is an ongoing practice. It's like, look at the world today right? Just look at the world today and what's happening. Every day is bad news. It's, it's very overwhelming. So in that case, especially because I work with trauma and I really am dedicated to this, once a month, I myself join community where I practice breath work, which is an opportunity for me to release any of the pent up frustrations, emotions, uh, things that I just didn't really have time to, to, to deal with. It's a container where I give myself that space to connect with myself. So it's an ongoing practice for life, like exercise. We do it in our community. If you have heard enough, you've attended, you've heard enough, well, by all means, go ahead and apply. Breathwork will be part of your process. Uh, but if you, if you're, if you know already that you're committed to the process, you can go ahead and apply. But Breathwork is for people like Ali who aren't sure, this is the internet. Do you really trust this person? Is it real? Is yeah. it fake? I get that a lot. Are you real? Is this bullshit? Um, are you just out to get our money? Like we, I hear it all. Uh, so for those people, I really make it super duper easy, low entry to just test it out and see that it is real. Have a, an amazing experience like you did the last time that you you, you did it. Um, and then decide and say, yeah, this is going to be my tribe. I really want to grow. This feels like a safe place. I feel like I can express myself here. I'm not alone. And we can't do it alone, as Jen said. Uh, because, uh, because a big part uh, uh, of the effect of unresolved trauma is shame. What'll happen is... We don't even, without us even being aware, shame and guilt are used as a weapon to get little Wendelin to comply. Does that make sense? That yeah. you're not good, if you don't do this, if you do that, like, let me give, I don't even know you, but let me give you an example. You have a strict religious upbringing. Your parent or mother sees you with a low cut skirt or whatever. You're 12. She turns around and shames you and calls you a slut or whatever, which we, I've heard before. This is a client thing. Then the 12 year old girl inside doesn't turn and say, wow, my parents are super duper strict and they're just off their rocker and they're being authoritarian. It's not about me. No, you're going to turn around and you're going to say, it's because I'm bad. And you then have now, it's called interjection. It's the, the voice that you implant of your parents' voice. You know, that never-ending self-critical voice. That's shame. 
it wears on you. You can see it in your posture, the navel gazing, the forward hump posture, the pain that you'll notice in the uh, anterior aspect of your chest on the xiphoid process underneath your sternum. That's where our nervous system carries shame and it affects our level of deserving because we think if uh, uh, that I'm going to I'm going to put on this mask here because if I take off the mask and show you my real self you're going to reject me because my real self is unlovable so we have to wear these masks and that's why everybody blocks their authenticity now everybody's doing that and when you watch a person in a community like Jen who just had the courage to share what she just shared immediately there's a shift in her nervous system because she feels seen and understood in her disgustingly unacceptable truth previously that was unacceptable to her previously now it's like not only am i working to accept that i'm gonna bear all and then be witnessed by other very high vibing individuals who are on the same conversation and going wow we see you and i see myself in your share your share had a physiological effect on my body because i know that my experience i was not alone there's a me too component to it and that in and of itself heals the shame. It's not through reading a book. It's through showing up, opening your heart, taking a risk and being authentic. And that's really what people are terrified of. But it's the, it's the thing we'll resist the most, but it's the one thing that is required for healing that you can't get hiding behind a therapist and, uh, and uh, just reading a book or watching a YouTube video. You have to show up. Does that make sense and answer it for you? It does. Thank you. Beautiful. Great question, though. I'm really, really appreciative. I'm getting DMs from people saying, where is the link for Saturday's event? It's under my um, uh, Instagram. If you just click on my Instagram logo and you'll go into my link in my bio, it's right there. That's a great place to begin. Um, and if you're just like, fuck it, I just that's part of it. I'm ready to actually heal. All in. Go all, all in. in. Then all there's a in. link there as well to apply. If you're empowered to make your own choices, if you're ready and you see this as an investment, you're not just kind of looking to be rescued. This is the difference. These are the people say codependency is not healable. If the, so many people apply, they don't have work, they don't have their own resources. And so what I would recommend you do, those are the people that are looking to be kind of maybe rescued outside, get like build up your own resources so that you see it as an investment, because that's the only way you can transcend this hero rescuer complex. Codependents are often rescuers. You, Jen, you had a rescue operation going. She was oh rescuing you. You were rescuing yes. her. And, <laughs> and to break the cycle, you have to say, I don't want to be anyone to rescue me. I'm going to empower no. myself to have a guide, not a hero, a guide. So you got to be ready and um, go all in with you and decide if you're deserving of it. <laughs> That's the key. You have to act like you're deserving. Is that helpful, Wendelin? Very helpful. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for your question. I got time for one more question. Oh, Sue, here's an, here's a familiar face. I just, I just loved, I just love, love, love your, oh, hold on one sec. Sue, are you there? Do you want to jump up on stage? Sue, you have your hand up. Go ahead. I'm inviting you to speak and you just go ahead and speak. Sue. 
Sue, are you there? Sue's got some tech. I remember Sue has been working. Sue's from Perth, Australia. She's been working with us for over a year and she just always had an issue with tech. And this is her first time. I don't know if she meant to put her hand up or I think she maybe, uh, oh, she just ran away. That's cool. Anyway, is there anything you'd like to say? Last, last words, Jen, I just want to say thank you. Thanks for, Oh my gosh. I mean, were, honestly, you were the one like, I, I want to, you were, it, it's like, this is the coolest thing is it's not often a client is like Nima. We have to tell this story. Uh, I really, I really want other people to, to heal from this. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let's do it. Just Tuesday night work. And sure, let's yeah. do it. And the, the courage it takes, the vulnerability, I wasn't sure because when we started, you were like, ah, can we just do this private? And I was like, sweetheart, you're not getting it. Pri- <laughs> to the, the, the private, the privacy is because of the shame. Yeah. And the only way is for us to just be willing to lean in and share. Otherwise we're imprisoned to our shame. So. Yeah. I mean, like, I just want to say that, um, in parting with this is that if I can do it, anyone can do it. And I was just so sick of f- just doing the same thing over and over again, hoping for a different result. Uh, I like, if I believe that if I hadn't worked with you, that I would go out and find another woman who was just another replica and who would trigger the same wounds and it would be the same dance, you know? And it's like, I needed a pattern interrupt. Like I needed to really wake up and like solve this problem, you know? And like everyone here who's listening, you know, like everybody, like all of us, you know, like we, we are at the mercy of all of it. And unless we are awake and unless we are aware of them and unless we actually do the work, we are doomed to repeat them over and over again. So you know, for me, it's like, it was a matter of life and death. And every single person who's listening to this, you know, like, I just want to say, you all are deserving of lives based on freedom of choice, freedom of choice. And without this work in my humble, um, I, I don't know, opinion, like we are doomed to repeat. Yeah. And it's not even intentional. It's biological. (laughs) So you can't outthink it. No matter how smart you are. I was very intelligent. (laughs) I found myself in that same situation. So this isn't about your education or intelligence. This is about uh, emotional um, uh, literacy. It's about um, intimacy. And so we never learned that. And this is a skill we're wise to learn. So thank you all so very much for being here. Thank you, Jen. I got to say, you you know, how can you not fall in love with somebody who's this authentic and, and real, and I'm just sending you lots of love for your courage, for the stand you are for your family, your community, uh, and yourself. So big love to you, my dear. See you all at the next perfect time.